You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Mark Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield, here at the Farm Bureau Studios in downtown Starkville. Well, it'll be jumping again this weekend, game two of the three-game homestand, as State takes on the Aggies of Texas A&M. Three o'clock start on Saturday. Charlie, I am going to abide by the rule that I put into place last week. I am saying nothing negative about the yell leaders or anything about Texas A&M until after we play the game. So you're, you're just kind of hedging here. Yes, I'm hedging. That's fair. Well, I'm kind of over that topic anyway, aren't you? Yeah, everybody else has kind of played that game. I mean, it's been done. I have no good comments. If they haven't listened by now, what more can we say? Exactly. It's like Vanderbilt baseball. I'm going to stop talking about dancing on the dugout with Vanderbilt baseball as well. Is that okay with you? I admire and respect all things Vanderbilt. As you should. All right, on today's show, we're going to talk to the voice of the Bulldogs – Neil Price, he's going to come by the studios. We're going to have a long chat with Neil. We're going to talk about football, a lot of different things. And, of course, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. So go with the home team with our friends at Farm Bureau. Home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for, our friends at Farm Bureau here in the state of Mississippi. All right, Charlie. So we kind of put that one to bed last week, a big win over Bowling Green. We did what we had to do. Talked about it on Sunday Coffee. And so now, hey, would you uh, would you not say? Now I know. Hey, when you jump into league play, they're all big. But the next three games, A and M, Arkansas, Kentucky, these are three huge weeks of football. Oh, absolutely. So let me ask you this: If I told you right now that I'm going to give you two out of three, would you take it without playing them? Yes, I probably would too. We finished two and two and one over the next three weeks. I think that's not what I'm asking for. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to be 3-0, and but 2-1 and would be a, a respectable stretch there. It would be respectable. Now, do I think we could win all three? Absolutely. I think we can beat A&M. I think we can beat Arkansas. I think we can beat Kentucky. I think we can win all three. But I just need the fine line in this. I thought we were better than LSU. And you see the fine line there. I mean, if you just don't play well, then you have a chance to get beat. It's just a fine line in this league, man. The next three weeks – are going to be three teams that you're very close to. I think everyone is winnable. They're also all losable. There's no layups here. I mean, these are good football teams. But these are the ones that, I mean, this is the difference in having a good year or not. It really is. This is this three-week stretch, I think, is going to tell the story. Yep. This is a difference in 9-3, and 8-4, and 7-5. That's what the next three weeks are. And so I'm not going any lower. Because I'm glass half full bar today. All, All right. right. So on the other side of the break, we got Neil Price going to walk in the door. He's going to talk to us about Mississippi State football. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. Yeah, 
Welcome back to Out on Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield, joined now by the voice of the Bulldogs, Neil Price. Neil, how you doing? I'm good. You know, you all got it made in here, too. I mean, this is like the Today Show. You got the window in the world here on Main Street, University. You can see everything go by. It actually starting to feel like football weather, which is good. Because that Memphis game, I walked in the booth at night and thought I was going to die. <laughs> is there anywhere in the world that has this, like, 365? I mean, San Diego's probably, what, mid-80s all year? Probably. But I'm, I'm looking for somewhere like 78 to 82 all year long. Well, they've always got it 72 in indoor stadiums. Maybe we just need a dome for you. Well, a bubble. We could just put a bubble up. Remember those bubbles that teams used to have? Neil, uh, first of all, this conversation brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi. We've got different varieties. I've had people try the crawfish and pork now. You know, they've actually been selling at Restaurant Charlie for, for years now, for like 10 years, and now they're marketing it. So it's not like they just cooked up a batch a couple of weeks ago and decided, hey, let's, let's put this out. It's, it's had a dry, uh, a trial run there for about 10 years now. But uh, country pleasing made right here in Mississippi. Neil, hey, man, we were uh, talking a minute ago. We started thinking about radio and the nostalgia of radio. And we were talking off the air about the other day when I left the stadium, and I know it was a great football night. You've got a little bit of time before the frost comes to knock down a pasture. But so I decided to finish out some bush hogging. And I've got some DeWalt headphones that ties into my phone. And I got on the Varsity app from Learfield, which I think is just a phenomenal product. And people just don't know about it, which is crazy. And I just flipped back and forth from game to game to game. And, man, I finally had to turn the lights on on the tractor. And I was out there just about all night but just listen to ball games. Yeah, it's it's great. I and I told you all earlier. I think it it's one of the best products if it's not the best product that Learfield as a corporation puts out uh because it it is this nationwide radio, so to speak. To your point, you can flip from one game to the next to the next to the next, any school that's under the umbrella and and you can listen to it crystal clear wherever you are in the world, uh, including Mississippi State. And I, I I like to listen to it. Um, I will keep up with friends more in the business that are doing games on it, probably listen to them a little more than I do just a, a, with a casual ear. Um, the Blitz is another thing that Learfield does that's a studio show on Saturdays. It's kind of like Red Zone Radio for college football. And when I'm going back and forth to the stadium, uh, I will do that a lot. I, I really enjoy that because you get to hear a pretty wide range of folks from different leagues across the country. And it's not just the Power Five leagues. I mean, you get the Sun Belt, you get Conference USA, you get all the other leagues too. Uh, and, and, again, it's just kind of neat to have that cross-section of, of people. So I think it's wonderful. Um, and, you know, I, taking nothing away from radio, I still think there's always going to be a place for radio in, in the South in particular when it comes to listening to, to games. But when you're traveling and, you know, state's your team and you can't be at every game or you can't be in the state every week because you've got family or commitments or whatever else, that's a great way to keep up with the Bulldogs too. Varsity app, Hale State app, uh, HaleState.com, any of that stuff now. And, and technology gives you a chance to do that where in years past that wasn't the case. So, no, I, I think it's great. 
The other thing it does, by the way, is it sends you a reminder. So if you're subscribed to a particular channel, so I'm subscribed to all the Mississippi State channels, you get a note whenever something's coming on the air. So I'll always get the Thursday night reminder, appointment listening for the Mike Leach uh, show. That's how I know when to start talking, by the way, is my Apple watch on my arm right before they, they cue me in the billboard. We'll start going off. My arm will buzz, and it's that push notification from, from the Hale State app and the Varsity app Tell me the dog talk started. <laughs> my yeah, not- I know. Yeah, my notification is Charlie, who looks at me and says, hey, man. You know we're going on the air in like a minute. You know that, right? <laughs> I'll be up there just fighting, you know, fighting flies and hooking things up. And Charlie's like, "Hey, you know, we go on the air in just a few minutes." Hey, look at we, we've played a month of football, and I guess let's let's talk a little bit about football. Is there anything that surprised you? I mean, you've been to all the practices preseason, and then see us the the first four games. We talked about you know the storylines going into the season. But is there anything that you've seen in the first four games you say, hey, that's better than I thought it was going to be, or hey, we, you know, that's that's been a little bit of a surprise? I don't think there's anything earth-shattering. Um, I will go where a lot of fans have gone, running the ball, okay? Um, watching training camp, I saw them working on more run plays. I knew that they were, they were going to incorporate it more or they wouldn't have spent that much time on it. But I'm not sure that even I would go back and look and you take out the sack yardage in those first four games. And the running backs alone, I think, have produced two, maybe three 100-yard efforts, not net, but 100-yard rushing games in that stretch. Uh, I think that's a game-changer for this offense. That's been the biggest surprise to me. I think the defense has been about as good as we thought it would be. Uh, Some of those young guys at receiver – we felt like Rufus was going to have a good year, and with the exception of one game at LSU, I think he's been really steady. Caleb Ducking was a guy we thought. I guess you could say Rara's been a surprise. We saw flashes of it toward the end of last year, but Coach Leach said, you know, two weeks ago in a press conference, nobody knew who this guy was six months ago, you know, and, and now everybody's talking about him. So you could label him, I guess, a surprise, but no, nothing earth-shattering. I think these guys have been really steady and how they've gone about things in the first month. And now they need to find a way to win a big game or maybe two big games in these last two at home here with, with A&M and Arkansas before they have to go on the road play two tough ones. How about this, Neil, to your point about running the football? Compared to our opponents' rushing attempts per game, less than five fewer. Yeah, We're within five rushing attempts per game of our opponents. I wouldn't have expected that ever. No, not with the guy who's coaching the team based on previous stops. No, I think that's that's a fair point. Um, but I think, too, you have to look at who you've got in that running back room and you feel like that you've got to use them because they're talented. I mean, Woody Marks is a good running back. Dylan Johnson, really good running back. Uh, what we have seen from Simeon Price is that his future here has a pretty high ceiling. And we haven't seen Bull Hargrove that much yet, but I think as we get to see him later in his career, people will see that he's another guy who can help him out there too. So they've got options. Um, They have an offensive line that has more experience than it has had, and I think that helps. But they also have a quarterback in Will Rogers who is now two and a half years into this thing as a starter and I believe, to you know, to Matt's point many times on Saturdays when we're doing the game, Will's ability to re- look across the line and recognize how many guys are in the box, 
and get the team into the right play to, to make sure he's gaining positive yardage every time he snaps the ball. I think that's a big part of it, too. Um, he's getting them into the right look at the right time, and then he's got some guys in the running back room who are rewarding him for it. You know, we were talking about this off air, and Charlie and I talked about this in a Sunday game about – you know, Will and, say, ducking on the outside. And his percentages, Charlie, what would you say a minute ago? It was like 37 of 47 outside the numbers. 47 of 57. 47 of 57 outside the numbers, which is your longest throws. And throwing that 10-yard out route. And I think about that 10-yard out route that he threw to Caleb ducking on fourth and four in the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he throws it before the cut is made. I think, to me, that's where Will has gotten so much better. And that's where you see a guy that's in his third year of the offense, too, is reading things and throwing a ball before a cut is even made. But, you know, I know a lot of people out there, if people are looking any kind of negatives whatsoever, some people have said something about some arm strength with Will. I don't know if that's a huge issue. But I tell you what, man, throwing to the outside, he's gotten so much better and you've got to defend, you know, 53 yards now instead of defending just the middle of the field. Well, and, and he he works as hard as any player I've been around. I mean, you know, in the summer he's out there throwing to other guys. He's, he's doing a lot of work on his own outside of practice to get better. But I think if you just look at his body now, too, um, part of the reason he's, he's making those throws is that he's worked in the weight room and he's not only matured mentally, but physically he has matured now. And he looks like, a guy who's in his third year playing quarterback physically, uh, you know, so I think that that helps. I think there's a narrative out there too, and it's been out this week that Will Rogers is a a quarterback in a dink and dunk offense, and the three of us in this room and a lot of people who've watched State play this year know that's not true. To your point, he can complete the kind of pass you're talking about outside the numbers and do it with efficiency. I think the other thing is you're starting to see him go down the field a lot more. I mean, he completed a pass to Simeon Price that went for a touchdown uh, middle of the field, uh, close to 30 yards, I think, in the game this past Saturday. We've seen him hit ducking and rah-rah on the outside on passes like that too. And he's one of the top five, I think, in the league when you're talking about, I forget what the, the metric is in terms of yardage, but when you talk about deep throws, touchdowns, uh, completion percentage, uh, yardage, all that stuff. I think he's up in the top five in the conference in those metrics. So, yeah, Will Rogers is a really good quarterback, and I think anybody who's trying to discount that right now just can't maybe accept the fact that State has a guy who, who can help him have some success because they just believe that this peg is supposed to fit in this hole when the truth is is that that, that appears to be changing somewhat. Yeah, I look at his passing numbers, throwing the ball down the field. Because a lot of times you say, well, you can pad your numbers with short completions. And and I guess probably because I watch so much of Dak play, you get used to the NFL passer rating. On deep balls, his passer rating is almost 108. And on balls 10 yards in that 10 to 20 range, his NFL passer rating is almost 140. Those are numbers a lot. I mean, you'd like to have. Oh, sure. And, and, I mean, if you compare his numbers to other quarterbacks in the SEC that are, you know, getting kicked around in Heisman conversation, who's the best quarterback in the league conversation, they match up. I mean, Hendon Hooker's a guy at Tennessee who's getting a lot of press right now from folks about the job he's done in the first month, and deservedly so. 
Will Rogers and Hendon Hooker right there together when you look at their numbers. I mean, so, you know, and then Will Levis, another guy at Kentucky that gets a lot of pub because people like maybe more the potential and, and the metrics for him as it relates to what he'd look like in a combine. But Will Rogers right there or in a lot of cases ahead of maybe where he is at this point. So I think Will has done everything he can. I mean, wins and losses are what people are going to look at at the end of the year that, that are the, the overall factor. But in terms of all these numbers, he's doing everything he's been asked to do to establish himself, I think, as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And then if he's one of the best quarterbacks in this league, it stands to reason he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, I think. I had a chance to listen to Troy Aikman this morning talking about quarterback play. And I thought he had an interesting observation because he was being peppered on. And, again, he was looking at NFL quarterbacks, but the same discussions go on, needing a quarterback who can run the football. And he said, you know, we're all guilty of when we watch saying we want a guy with the poise of Tom Brady and the speed of Michael Vick. And, the you know, he, you, you want to take the best attributes from different guys. And he said, well, if you could do that, that'd be great. But ultimately it starts in, in the NFL and I think in college too, which is can you throw the football? Yep. And then you start to move around. He, he used the example. He said if Peyton Manning was coming out of college right now, he's 1-1. I mean, first round, first pick. And Peyton Manning wasn't going to run the ball. No. You know? And candidly, didn't throw a beautiful spiral either. No, and admittedly says that he did not throw a great spiral. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I think that that's one of the tendencies, though, that we get into of kind of wanting everybody to be all things. The short game of Phil Mickelson with the with the length of a John Daly, it just doesn't all work together. Do they have it? And I can't define it for you, but when you watch a player – I think it's immediate to people if they have it or not. I think Will has it. He's competitive, uh, winner, hard worker. All those things kind of tie in, intangibles. They all kind of tie into it, I think. Um, I think there are some other guys on this team with him now that that have it. Who's that guy on defense? Who's the guy that you see on defense with it? Tyrus Wheat, I think, is the guy who's got it on defense. One of them, certainly, uh, because he's the one guy, I think, when when opposing coaches watch Mississippi State, they have to game plan around how they're going to account for him because they can move him around and he can do so many different things, either whether he's up there with a hand in the dirt on the, the defensive line or whether he's, he's roaming around in the second level playing a linebacker. I, I think he's one of them. I think Buki could. I think Forbes has it to a degree at his position. Those are the three that immediately jump out. Jet Johnson's got it. It's just in a different way because you just know that guy's going to compete. You know, now he may not be the most physically gifted or talented guy out there all the time, but he's going to work hard enough. He's going to be able to overcome some of those things in games too. And, uh, you know, he, he fits that bill maybe in a different way. But they've got a few of those over there. Talking to Neil Price, voice of the Bulldogs. We're going to come back. Neil, will you stay another segment with yeah, us? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. You're looking at your watch. I was just no, no, no. I'm not <laughs> joking. These fire ants got a hold of me yesterday, and I'm looking here, and I'm looking at where the fire ants got me, and, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> just making sure you're good no, with No, no, no. We're good. We'll talk to Neil when we come back. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.
And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. Talking to the voice of the Bulldogs, Neil Price. Neil, just giving you a hard time. Always like to give you a hard time. Listen, there's plenty enough for me to go around. So, yeah, just whatever you need to do. So, I'll tell you the story. I played golf last week. So, the worst place you can get bitten by a fire ant, by the way, is when you grip a club and the fire ant, because, I, I mean, I'm out there by myself, so I'll take two clubs. You know, I, I go up around the green pitching wedge putter, and I'll just drop the putter down, you know, chip, and then pick my putter up and walk on the green. Well, fire ant nest was right where I dropped my putter the other day. And I picked my putter up, and in the middle of the backswing, something just gets me right in between my index and, and second finger. And, right. I mean, burns. Kind of oh, like Lord. the webbing area. Yeah, right, yeah right in the webbing. Yeah. And it's still there. And, of course, then my... my my uh, middle finger, you know, it, it swells up at the bottom and looks like it's about two. And, yeah, I, we didn't have fire ants where I came from. We really? did. They weren't near as intrusive as they are here. Uh, Pretty but, prevalent here. Yeah, uh, trust me. And, and I don't have to look hard to find them, apparently. I draw them, apparently. But, yeah, so that's why I was looking at my hand. I kept looking because I'm sitting there rubbing on where <laughs> that thing got me, and I'm just like, good grief, you know. So, yeah, we were talking a minute ago about Tyrus Weed. I was listening, Charlie and I listened to the same station out of Dallas, the ticket, and they were talking the other day about Micah Parsons. And, I, and no way am I drawing comparison right now with Tyrus Weed. A parallel. It's, it's, a, it's a parallel. But you start thinking about guys like that. You start thinking about a guy like Tyrus Weed who can do many things. And like a Micah Parsons, who can do many things. You can put his hand on the ground, as you say. You can stand him up. You can, you can use him in pass coverage if you need to use him in pass coverage and about how teams try to develop game plans around guys like that and how hard it is to game plan when you have a big-time player on the other side that you just don't know where he's going to line up. No, and, and, and Brian Kelly said as much before State played LSU that he thought he was the toughest guy to build a plan around because he could do so many different things. But you focus people maybe to have to do something they're not as comfortable with when you have a guy like that. I mean, think about in 18, these guys, I don't know that were designed where they could do so many different things like Tyra Sweet, but think about when you had to game plan for Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons. Okay, which one of them are you going to block? And which one are you going to take chances with? And, you know, I, State doesn't have two like that, I don't think, on this defense. But, yeah, it opens up things for you in a lot of different ways when you have a guy that he he doesn't have to set up in the same place on every snap, and you've got to force that quarterback to look around and find him. Game changer, no question. And along those lines, kind of what we were talking about with Peyton Manning a while ago. I mean, of course you want a quarterback that could run, but you still take him. And you start thinking about guys like Lawrence Taylor of years gone by. Uh-huh. And, you know, he was a guy on the outside, and you talk about a guy that could do multiple things. Well, every, If you talk to po- people about Lawrence Taylor, they think about the speed, but he was also a guy that could bull rush you. And so that's the thing about, you know, Tyrus Wheat. And you start, you know, thinking about these guys that could do multiple things. It's, it's, you just can't game play. And so you, you mentioned just a moment ago about, you know, Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons. To me, the thing about Jeffrey Simmons is, of course, we know he can bull rush you. Jeffrey Simmons can run, too. Yes, he can. And I was talking to Andrew Monaco, does the A&M games, about this earlier in the week. So, for quarterbacks, maybe running backs coming out of high school who are super talented uh, and they get into this conference, the biggest adjustment for them is that in high school, 
you get the edge, there aren't many guys on a front line defense in high school who are going to be able to get out there on the edge and catch you. Where in college, in this conference, there are a bunch of guys who are fast enough to get on that edge and run you down. Um, and we've seen guys do it. You know, I mean, going back to, to Jeffrey and, and Montez, Braxton Hoyette even to a degree, those were guys that you could set up a swing to the outside and they could get out there and track you down. I mean, they were they were really good at doing that because, to your point, they could move. Um, that's the game changer. And I think, too, that is one of the separators between what's a good college player and what's a guy on the defensive line that gets to the next level. It, it's speed every time because a lot of those guys at 280 are as fast as a lot of those running backs are coming out of there, too. <laughs> looking at Tyrus Weed and you know I think you make a great comparison or a a great comment when you talk about how Jeffrey Simmons made Montez sweat better the the presence of two and vice versa feels important to me having Jordan Davis back Mm -hmm. because Jordan Davis you know missed last year doesn't get the attention that Tyrus Weed gets but look he can win in pass rush situations too I think I really think Keeping him on the field is important. And we haven't seen the best of him yet either this year. I think that's the thing to remember because, you know, in the Memphis game, he found a way to make a play, knocks the ball loose late in the game, wants to make something happen because he's playing against his hometown team, but it's his first game in more than a year. Arizona game gets banged up a little bit. He doesn't play at all against LSU. So, you know, against Bowling Green – in the game coming up Saturday, it still stands to reason he got to knock some rust off still in a game situation. So I think as the year goes along, maybe we see those two help one another out a little bit more as Jordan gets more reps and gets a little more comfortable being back out there. I think the same thing could be said for Cam Young and Crumity. When Crumity gets back out there, I think it's going to help Cam. It's going to help him. might help Randy Charlton uh, a lot more too, who's been playing out that end. might help Nathan Pickering a lot more because you've got another guy you've got to account for, and it can't just be, am I going to block this one guy or are we going to use two to block one? Now we got to worry about another really good player that's coming back too. Charlie and I talked the other day about Ben Rabin and knocking through that 53-yard field goal. The first time you need a 53-yard field goal, you don't want him trotting out there for the first time. In practice-wise, how the special team's been looking? I think they've been good, uh, you know, and, and I don't know that they were – I don't know that they were ever awful in training camp. I don't know that they were ever awful going into a game. Um, The missed extra points are the biggest enigma out there because it's just you watch those guys do it rep after rep after rep in practice, and for whatever reason in the game, one of them I think was a bad hole because I think think at, at LSU on the first one, we kicked the laces. But beyond that, you can't explain it. Uh, but no, to watch Ben Rabin go out there and from 53 yards just go, no problem. Oh, and by the way, if it needed to be 55 or 56, I probably had enough on it. I could have got it done for you there too. They've not had a weapon like that since I've been here uh, that you'd feel like you could put him out there and there's a realistic chance. Chrisman did it at Tennessee in 19, I think from 50 or 51. I can't remember exactly. But beyond that, you're sitting here going, if we're outside of 45 – no shot. I try to forget that Tennessee game. <laughs> it was an ugly game. Uh, ugly game. Yeah, yeah, that one's a good one to forget. Now, you've got the Mike Leach show that you do on Thursday nights. What's the official name? You know, it used to Dog be the talk. coaches. Dog yeah. Talk with Mike Leach. It used to be the coaches' call-in show. Now, now you take your questions by Twitter, right? Yeah, and they haven't taken calls since I've been here. 
That was something that went out long before I got here. Do you know um, Jackie used to do that right after the game? Yes. Uh, I've been told that story. And I can't remember if Coach Williams used to do that after basketball games. Too. I know that Jack used to go up with Coach Williams, and they they would do that show in front of the boosters, I guess, in the in the pres the old what was the president's room? Yeah. It's not there anymore, but the president's room at the hump. I can't imagine. Pat Summit's the only coach I ever saw do that. When when Tennessee's women were really rolling with her, her post game show was she'd take five or six questions from Mickey Deerstone, then they'd open up the phones, and she'd take questions after a game off telephone. Uh, and I'm like, that that's a different kind of brave to do that, even if you're winning. Uh, you know, Jackie's theory was that if you let people just get it out, whether you won or lost, if, if you if even if you had a bad game, if you'll just put up with it for a few minutes, it helps people feel like the coach had to hear about it and, and they boy, kind of move on. And boy, did they. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, and let me tell you this. We, we're going, we are going to listen to the post-game radio show. No matter what we do, we may be stopped at the gas station, so we're going to sit there and we're going to listen to the entire post-game radio show. And at that time, it was Jim. Jim was having yep, – sure did. Yeah, poor Jim, man. I mean, like, Coach, if you thought about resigning? <laughs> you know, <I> just <laughs> – the, the best story I got on a, on a call-in deal, I was doing high school football uh, for George Rogers Clark High School in Winchester, Kentucky. We went down deep into eastern Kentucky – and played uh, it was the new Harlan County Central, which was this this amalgamation of three small high schools that turned into like a six A. I mean, they were good, man. They were good. I can't remember. Lar- I want to say the coach's name was Larky. That's not right, though. I can't remember. But he had been successful in a lot of places. So they bring him in, older guy. He's going to start this program, and they're winning. So they beat a wipe the field with us. I mean, these guys look like you know they look like the. German armor coming over the hill here, just wiping everything out. Which, by the way, is the hardest broadcast to ever broadcast is high school football in a blowout. And you know, both yeah. of you guys know that because you don't have near the information that we've got today. You're lucky just, to have a roster. Yes. And so you, you've got to make up stuff in a blowout. Recap, recap, recap. But the game's over. So because they've had three high schools that form this one big school. They have three radio broadcasts because none of the radio stations were willing to give up the advertising or the ability to do the game. So, you know, from from Kaywood, Everett's, and Cumberland, the the three stations that did those games, they're all doing Harlan County Central. And here's the Winchester station way out here on the end. So one of them does a post-game call-in show with, I think it's Tom Larkey. So they're they're sitting here, and their call-in show is a guy who's got the seashell pink telephone it's plugged into a line in the press box, and he's got a notebook. So the phone rings. He answers it. Post-game show, what's your question? Gets the question. He writes it down. You can't put the caller on there. So he's going to ask the call. He's going to ask the question of the caller, of the coach. Okay, hang on. I'll ask him. Puts the phone down. Hey, coach, Ricky wants to know why, why Bobby's not getting the ball more. And this guy, God bless him, just sits back, and he goes, Hey, do me a favor. You just keep rooting for Ricky, and you let me worry about who gets the ball, okay? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so, there you so go. <laughs> my, favorite, uh, my favorite high school, and, of course, our show on WFCA tonight, the, my favorite post-game moments are our friend Jason hosts the Friday Night Scoreboard Show. <laughs> and, but the deal is you can't call in to Jason. They call you. 
And so you know if on your phone, if you've been broadcasting game and you see the number pop up from McCool, Mississippi, uh-huh. you know that that's the station calling you for the post-game report. Bart, however, has figured out how to get past the switchboard a couple of times. And you have never seen somebody melt down like Jason Crowder when Bart called in to ask about the Nanawaya French camp scores. Well, I didn't this year because French camp beat Nanawaya. But uh, a few years ago, Jason made a rule because of me that you had to be affiliated with a radio station to be able to call his post-game radio show. Okay? And so I was listening to the post-game show, and I heard him give the North Pontotoc Pontotoc score. And I was like, okay. So I called the station, and the nice girl answered the phone, and I said, yes, this is Michael Johnson, and I am with NWH Radio in Pontotoc, and I want to talk about the 10-3 win that Pontotoc had over North Pontotoc. Okay, can I write that down? So she writes it all down, and they call me back. And so Jason says, let's go to the phone now where Michael Johnson from Pontotoc. Oh, hey, I was a broadcast night. Oh, it was great. But, hey, I want to ask you that uh, Nunawaya French camp <laughs> score one more time. <laughs> I mean. And let me tell you this. He didn't recover. He couldn't recover. <laughs> the wheels were off. The, wheel, the wheels were gone. Hey, I was thinking about it last night. And, we, you know, we've all kind of gotten together and started talking about theme songs. And th- we were all products and children of the 80s. Uh-huh. And so last night, I always look through every day, and I say, okay, whose birthday's tomorrow? And today's birthday is Mike Post, who is, Y'all, a, yeah. is a Hill is Street a, Blues. Is a composer. And so, yeah, Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law. Didn't realize that. Doogie Hauser, the A-Team. Oh, yeah, now. If you have trouble and you know where to find them, maybe you can afford the, the A-Team. A-team. I had an 18 birthday birthday cake, I think, when I was four years old. Mom went to the store and bought a, a pan that basically looked like a van. B.A. Baracus. B.A. Baracus. Howlin Mad Murdoch. Face. Fa- the face man. Yeah. yeah. Face man. <coughs> so and who was George Papard? What was his character? Hannibal name? Smith. Yes. I love it when a plan comes, comes together. together. Love it when a plan comes together. But he also wrote Magnum P.I., Simon and Simon. It's another great show. Well, that's two great shows. One okay. of the Simon and Simon guys was like from Meridian, wasn't he? Uh, no, it's Ger- from Collins. Gerald, uh, Gerald, Gerald McCraney. McCraney. Yeah, Gerald McCraney. Gerald McCraney is from Collins. He okay. went to the other school. Was also Charlie. Major Dad. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. He was also, also in... Um, I think he was in House of Cards maybe he for was just a little bit. Yeah, he was in House of Cards for a little bit. But Gerald McCraney from Collins, Mississippi. Celia Ward was from Meridian. Celia right? Ward was from Meridian. Shout out to the people in the Queen City. She was homecoming queen in Alabama, I think, too, wasn't she? Yeah, she well, went I'm to Alabama. striking out with my alumni affiliations yeah, all then, of a sudden. Good job there, Charlie. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we were talking about Bill Conti last year. You know, here's the thing. So you had Mike. Bill Conti was Rocky, right? Rocky. Gonna, yeah, going to fly now. And yeah. then uh, what else? Karate Kid. Yeah, Karate Kid. And so you talk about two good rivals right there. Dynasty. He had Dynasty. Oh, and- now listen. Dynasty. Judy, Falcon Crest. Judy Price, Falcon now, Crest, and Dynasty. When I was a kid, Friday night was like sacred. Friday night on CBS. So, for the kids, at, at 8 o'clock Eastern, the Dukes of Hazard. okay? So, that right. was for the kids. We watched, we watched Bo and Luke jump all the stuff. We watched Roscoe try to catch him. He never could. And everybody wound up at the boar's nest and was happy. Uh, and then, for, for, for the, uh, the, the housewives, Dallas... And Falcon Crest. Yes. And then I forget what night the, the Knots Landing was, but you had the spinoff, 
And as I got older, I understood that Gary was the, the Ewing that got rejected and sent to California. And then that was about Gary and his bunch. And then, uh, what was the, there was another one. Um, Falcon Crest wasn't tied in with those two. No, no it was Falcon Crest different. was like the watered down dynasty, right? Yeah, I think so. That was like the, that was the rival show, right? Well, right. It, well, dynasty, I, I think dynasty and, Dallas were probably more of the rival shows because you had oil companies there. So yes. you had Ewing Oil and West Star was uh, Cliff Barnes. I'm uh, boy, people really. I'm 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 divulging how much way too much useless knowledge I know. So here. I have to ask this on the subject of music and entertainment. Looking at notable alumni of Texas A and M, you got Robert Earl Keen yes. or Lyle Lovett. Who's your draft pick? Ooh, Robert Earl Keen. Now, here's the thing about Lyle Lovett is he was actually married to Julie Roberts. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, that, he was. So, you know, he's uh, – but, but Robert Earl Keene's got to be your guy. Yeah, I tend to agree because the road goes on forever, but and the party never ends. Party never ends. Yeah, I tend to agree. Feels so good. Feeling good again. That's a good one. Yeah, I used that in a broadcast one time about Rowdy Jordan, I think. Uh, no, it was Tanner Allen. Sherry was a waitress. At the only joint town. Yeah, okay. I'm with you. And the only Lyle Lovett when it always comes to mind for me is if I had a boat. That's the one I think of there. If I had a boat, I'd sail across the ocean. And something about a horse on a boat. I just think about Lyle Lovett being married to Julie Roberts. Well, that, and that's worth a lot. I can't get past that. That's worth a lot. Well, we, we often say that about you, Bart, but we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> hey, Neil, good to see you. Good to see you. We should come back sometime. I, I'm kind of like Coach Leach, I think to a degree that football is what we talk about because it's what everybody wants to hear. But I'd come back and talk about like 80s TV themes one day. No, we'll do a half it. hour if you guys wanted to do that and just blow off the rest of it. I would do that. Um, really? I didn't, Mike Post wrote all that stuff. That's Mike amazing. Post. But, you know, you don't even hear theme songs anymore. No, no because you had Facts of Life. You had Different Strokes, obviously, was a famous one. Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons. Ricky Schroeder. Wow. He had a train in that house, too. I used to think that was the coolest thing when oh, I was a kid. He could ride train. that train through the house. I thought that guy's that rich, man. Okay, I got to ask a question. Best 80s theme song to wrap it up. Best Hill Street 80s Blues. Song. Oh, why don't you get to go first? Well, unless you want to go Cheers. Well, no. I want to hear Hill Street Blues. I think that or Cheers. I like Simon I'm waiting Simon. on Neil to pull out, like, Greatest American Hero or something. That, that, that – the reason I would go that route only because number one, it was really it's really good, and number two, George Costanza used it as the answering machine. I thought that was one. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Believe it or not, George I'm not, is not George home. is not home. <laughs> hey, Mike Post did the uh, he did uh, the Law and Order the dun 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 dun. Yeah, well, he's gotten a lot of royalty off of that. How about that? Two notes and an iconic sound. You immediately know what it is. Absolutely. I would go with – I like Cheers. I would go with that because it's, it, it also had a mainstream appeal. I would go with that. Um, Dallas for me, I mean, because I just remember that being every Friday as a kid. And if you want to go instrumental, you know, MASH has to be uh, – Yeah. You know, that's an iconic song. Of course, there were words to it in the yes. movie MASH. And somebody's kid Suicide is painless. Yeah and, and, yeah, and like somebody's kid wrote it with the idea of just write a dumb song. And here's what the kid put together. That's like the master song. It actually has words to it. The master song? I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. It was written by, uh, wasn't Kenny Loggins? It's Kenny Loggins' brother. The guy that so please come back to Boston. Well, I know the, the original master song is called Augusta. I knew that. Yes, Dave Loggins. Dave Loggins. Yeah, it was Dave Loggins. I yeah. celebrate his entire catalog. 
please come home to Boston, and he sings the song for the Masters. And that's Kenny Loggins' brother. He's kind of like the Frank Stallone of that relationship. Listen, Kenny Loggins, Kenny Loggins when it comes to movies in the 80s now, Kenny Loggins, there wasn't anybody better in terms of writing. Kenny, yeah, Kenny Loggins was Top Gun, Footloose, may have been over the top. He did do over the top. Yeah. He did Back to Pooh Corner, which was one of Bart's favorites. What? Back to Pooh Corner. Oh, you don't know that? His no. song about his childhood? Oh, I thought you were talking about there's no restrooms between here and Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you next week, folks. Yeah. Hey, Neil, appreciate you joining us. We have, we have officially taken this off the race. It's out in left field. There you are. That's right. There, that's where we're at. And the, the second half of this conversation brought to you by our good friends. I asked Julie Darty this last week. Have you ever driven a mini excavator? I have not driven a mini. For that fact, I've not driven a full-size excavator, but no. Charlie Charlie uh, has driven a skid steer. I turned a donut in a skid steer. That I takes like, some talent. Like a donut and a guy driving a Corvette. Like he's in the middle of the parking lot. That's what Charlie did with a mini excavator. When you say skid steer, though, I just think like peel out in the street, <laughs> make a donut. Uh, that, that just seems like it's designed for making a donut. It's not designed to do anything that he did with that mini excavator <laughs> or that skid steer. Then this is a man who has a great talent that we have just realized. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I'll just say this. the uh, Our good friends at Trax Plus were a little more enthused about me getting on that thing before I got on it <laughs> than they were when they were witnessing me do it. They were it. checking grease points and <laughs> <They> axles. <were>. <laughs> and <laughs> if their insurance was paid broker on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're covered for this, right? Yeah, this part of the conversation brought to you by our friends at Trax Plus. Trax Plus now with five locations. You got three in the state of Mississippi. Start on Columbus, between here and Columbus, on Highway 82. Hickory, that's the original location. And then you have Summit, Mississippi, down in southwest Mississippi. Alexandria, Louisiana, and now Bessemer, Alabama, over near Birmingham. And so the five locations of Trax Plus. You can talk about those Saney excavators that Charlie's going to get on in a couple weeks. Saney excavators, Barco, forestry equipment. Go by and see your friends at Trax Plus. Hey, Neil, good to see you. Good to see you guys. Charlie and I will come back with a final word. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. Now, welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Woodfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starville. We'll get to talk to Neil. We can just kind of all sit around, talk about things the 80s. Charlie, one of the things about what's going on to start with tomorrow night, we've got a rock concert, man. Yes, absolutely. Rock Vegas. Sold out. Sold out. Hey, Steve's done a nice job with this. No, he absolutely has. And and, and I want to say this, too, because people ask about it raising money for NIL. Every time somebody bought tickets, that money didn't just come into a fund. It went straight to NIL. So, Steve's uh, he's done a really big job of raising money. Yeah, he's worked hard. He's put his uh, you know, put his money where his mouth is on this deal. He's he's uh, he's done a great job with it. And so, a lot of other things going on this weekend. You've got the brunch of browse downtown on Sunday, but uh, of course, a lot of you guys coming to campus this weekend. Three o'clock game. It'll be over around seven. So go ahead and get those restaurant reservations in. Go to startwell.org and look up all the restaurants in town and try to figure out where you want to eat this week. Anything else going on, Charlie? Well, we've always got our farmer's market on Saturdays. That's a big thing in the mornings. And 
You know, next week, if you want to get up here early, go have a lot of tailgate events going on on Friday. They're tailgate the town where all the businesses are set up kind of out front. So a lot going on on the next couple of weeks here. And uh, Dion Warwick is here. Dion, well, we talked about her last week. That's what friends are for. Hey, Pumpkin Palooza is like next month, right? Got a few weeks, and then it's like a Thursday night. They'll have the Pumpkin Palooza downtown. Yeah, the twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. So we're about a month away, a little less than a month away from Pumpkin Palooza. So a lot of different things going on. To start with Mississippi hey, College Bash is on the twenty first. So we got a lot going on here the next. Yeah, it really is several weeks. So make your plans to be in start. Well, all right, Charlie, we'll be back for the Friday deep dig. Tomorrow, kind of looking forward to get in, getting into this one. A and M's offense has struggled. We got a pretty good defense. Kind of looking forward. It seems like Mike Leach has had A and M's number just a tad. So uh, look forward to seeing this one. Stop the quarterback from running the football. Key to the ball game, right there. Is it? You're going to talk about that tomorrow on the Deep Dig? It will be on the Deep Dig. You better believe it. All right. Once again, thanks to our great friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Country Pleasing Sausage. You got the crawfish and pork. You got the habanero and the duck and pork. The new flavors out, but just the old original. They got the junior. I love the junior links. The junior links are fantastic. But all those great brands at Country Pleasing the Country Meat Packers. And once again, they can cater any meal. If you got a big event in Jackson area or anywhere, they'll uh, load the smoker up and they'll smoke you a bunch of ribs and do a lot of different things for you at the Country Meat Packers. Hey, Charlie, enjoyed it as always. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Tracks Plus. Start with Mississippi's College Town and Bank First, a better way to bank. Mortgage lending, commercial lending, whatever in the financial world. Go by and see our friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com. We'll be back for the Tracks Plus Deep Dig tomorrow. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.